Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All good things must come to an end. And this is the end of the road for Michigan football season in the year 2021 as I sit here in Fort Lauderdale, Florida on January 1st, 2022. Happy New Year to all of our listeners. This is Trevor Woods. SB Nation's Maize and Brew, and we're going to recap the game that was Michigan versus Georgia, a game that Georgia got off to a fast start and didn't seem to look back, scoring a touchdown on their first drive, and before you know it, Michigan's in a 17-0 hole, and things snowballed from there in a bad type of way for the Wolverines on both sides of the ball. One thing that was evident from the early going to the final whistle was how big, how strong in size and stature they were in the trenches on both sides of the football. Georgia's offensive line did quite well, did quite well against the likes of David Ojabo and Aiden Hutchinson. Hutchinson, such a great season, such a great Michigan career, such a great leader, such a great player on the field. That's why he was a Heisman finalist but not his finest hour, not his finest game. And that was a trend in this one. The Wolverines were physically outmatched, and maybe they could play a few weeks from now and the result would be a bit different. But as Jim Harbaugh said, he was giving all the credit in the world to Georgia. They were the better team. And one player in particular that I was very impressed with on Georgia was quarterback Stetson Bennett a player who didn't have the best of games against the Alabama Crimson Tide, but came out in this one ready to go with confidence, with ease. Bennett, he had 251 yards rushing heading into this one, 
and he was as advertised with his mobility. He could really not only buy time in the pocket by moving, shifting around. He's quite dangerous in the open field. He has some good moves on him. And Bennett lights out day, period, 21 of 31, 310 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. And he spread it around, too. A lot of guys got their hands on footballs. And uh, Brock Bowers, he was as advertised as well, the true freshman, the SEC freshman of the year. This guy, he's like the Gronk of college football, actually. One of our readers said that, and I tend to agree, and uh, definitely made a big difference. So did James Cook, three receptions, 99 yards for him, and one touchdown. Bowers, six receptions, 68 yards, and a touchdown. And what worked for Georgia did not work for Michigan. Michigan trailing as they did, trailing and then as the game wore on, where they're down and the time slipping away, it was not Cade McNamara's best day. This was the first time in his Michigan career where he threw for more than one interception. McNamara was 11 of 19 for 106 yards and two interceptions. Some of McNamara's struggles can be attributed to Michigan's offensive line not having their way with the likes of Jordan Davis and the rest of the Georgia defensive line and front seven in general. They were sending lots of blitzes from a lot of different angles, and the defensive line themselves were getting home and getting pressure on McNamara. Now, McNamara got away early in the game for an 18-yard gain, but uh, that was about it. That was about the only time McNamara was able to escape. He was hit often. He was grabbed often, and four sacks for the Georgia defense on the day, but as I said uh, just 40 seconds ago, McNamara time clock was definitely a bit off. Definitely overall, I would say, you can say he's a guy who doesn't get rattled much and his demeanor is very serious, but he wasn't processing things great. He wasn't processing things quickly. And when he would do something quickly, it would usually be because there's pressure in his face and you just whip it and whip it to somebody you didn't necessarily even want to throw it to, just the quickest, uh, the closest, rather, guy to him. Uh, And then one interception, McNamara, there's a bit of a debate if it was uh, Dalen Baldwin, who should have kept running towards the end zone, or was was it McNamara's fault? There's pressure in his face, and... Uh, he just let the ball sail, and it was actually this play was in uh, the the press box, uh, the press box at Hard Rock Stadium is at an angle to where we're in the end zone basically, and this ball had a tremendous amount of arc on it, too much arc. It floated for a long time, and. Devin Gardner was actually saying on Twitter that the receiver ran the route correctly and it should have been more along the lines of a back shoulder throw, but uh, that was not to be. Uh, here's what Bald- or Gardner rather said about it. He said, Baldwin smartly expects, anticipates a back shoulder. Ball should go somewhere else. 
because the corner clearly never bit on the double move and is sitting over the top. Gardner said, don't let the announcers blame that on the receiver. He did not give up on the play. So I would tend to agree with Gardner here, um, but don't know 100%, but that's what it looked like to me because, as I said, I saw it from that angle. I saw the trajectory of that football and how far into the stratosphere it went. Um, Point being, Cade made some throws he wished he could have had back. He wished he could get a reprieve and play Georgia again tomorrow. He knows what he did and didn't do, and he's been a leader. Michigan wouldn't be in this position if it wasn't for Cade McNamara and some of his performances. So let's give him a bit of praise as we objectively analyze this game. McNamara made some clutch throws down the stretch at Ohio against Ohio State and uh, quite a few other games too, right? Michigan won a lot of games this season, and he was a major contributor as to why they are where they they were. <laughs> anyway, McNamara, the trend continued throughout the game of continuing to get pressure in his face, him continuing to not be able to get away. McNamara, he does have what I would call functional mobility, but not next-level stuff in that regard. But backup quarterback, true freshman five-star J.J. McCarthy, he is about the fastest quarterback you'll see, or or right up there. And he can really hit top speed in a hurry. He's like an electric vehicle, all souped up. Just goes from zero to 80 in about one second. But Harbaugh was asked a question, and, uh, you know, not shocking that he'd be asked a, a question about the quarterback situation moving forward. And the first thing Harbaugh said about it is, we know we have two great quarterbacks. We make make no apologies for that. But beyond that, Harbaugh said that, well, here's, here's the next thing. McNamara, at the tail end of the third quarter, he's already thrown two interceptions at this point. He takes a sack, and he fumbles the football, but luckily he got the ball back. After that, Harbaugh put in McCarthy, and J.J. did some good things. There's some miscommunications that that I didn't think was his fault that led to some incompletions or dropped balls. But J.J., he was also the one to engineer a scoring drive, the only touchdown drive of the game. McCarthy's stat line doesn't necessarily look great. 7 of 17 for 131 yards, one touchdown. He rushed for 23 yards. Beyond those 23 yards, McCarthy showed that top-level mobility, and Michigan's offense changed a little bit with him in the game. They were running more four-wide, five-wide sets, uh, spreading the Georgia defense out, and the offense was more successful with McCarthy in the game, this game, uh, to be specific. But uh, it, it looked different at uh, the schematics, and it just makes you wonder if uh, maybe they could have even done that a little sooner. I, I wonder what how Harbaugh was feeling at the time, because it is a delicate balance. And as Harbaugh said, he believes they have two really good quarterbacks, but Harbaugh's rationale into bringing McCarthy in the way he did 
And, of course, McCarthy, he's been somebody who's seen the field all season long in some key situations, whether it's Nebraska with Michigan uh, trailing or at Michigan State against Ohio State. J.J. McCarthy's been a big piece of this team, and when he comes in games, he usually has played quite well. But in this one, Harbaugh, it was simple as to why he made the move. He said the protection just wasn't as good as it needed to be, and J.J. gave us more of a chance to escape it, avoid it, and run because that was the reason we made that switch. So that is Harbaugh's explanation, and I think that should satisfy most fans. Um... It's going to be debated endlessly from now, January 1st, all the way until the season begins in September of this year, the year 2022. But Michigan has a good quarterback situation right now. And as I already said, McNamara, he's aided greatly to this historic season. McCarthy's contributed in major ways too. What does that mean in the days to come? Well, I'd say not a lot. Clearly, Harwell believes in both of these young guys, but... There's a new season in September, and there's going to be a whole lot of competition between now and then between the two. And neither are owed anything, and they'll have to earn the right to be Michigan's starting quarterback next season. And that's a pretty good situation to be in, in my opinion. But about next season, somebody who's not going to be there, not going to be around, is Aiden Hutchinson. And Hutchinson, you know... Like I said, not his best day, but he sees good things for Michigan in the immediate future and next season. And it, the foundation of this year was built by Hutchinson and guys like him who were sick of losing, sick of losing to Ohio State specifically, and they turned the tide in that regard. So now Michigan knows how to beat Ohio State, knows how to prepare for Ohio State and compete against teams at a very high level. They know how to make the college football playoff. They have a recipe now, but Hutchinson thinks good days are still to come despite him leaving, Brad Hawkins leaving, Hassan Haskins leaving, David Ojabo probably leaving, and we could continue to go on. But there's a lot of good young guys too. Look at J.J. McCarthy, we've been talking about running back Donovan Edwards, receiver Andrew Anthony, you know, and we could keep going with the young guys. There were a lot of young guys on the team this year that were major contributors. Rod Moore at safety, lots of good young talent, lots of players are going to be sticking around next season. These youngins are going to become veterans before you know it. But Hutchinson said, we climbed mountains this season that no one thought we could. We did some things that nobody expected this Michigan team to do. And I think we set the standard for the future of Michigan football. And we really helped this program tremendously for the future. Hutchinson continued to say, all those young guys, they've got this scar tissue now being in the playoffs losing and having to feel this so I know they're going to bounce back next year and give them hell now beyond that Brad Hawkins he echoed Hutchinson's comments saying these guys are of course disappointed and this little scar tissue is not going to stop them starting a new year it's a new season and they're just going to continue to grow and continue to get better so that's where we're at, and it's all about next season now, and winter conditioning and spring practices are going to be here before you know it, and right around the corner. And uh, something to keep an eye out for, and these players, you know, they're going to be ready to get back in the weight room and 
uh, ready to, to right the wrongs, you know, that were the losses to Michigan State in October. And, uh, of course, this loss in the college football playoff. They know how to get this far now. Now they just got to dig a little deeper to uh, get over the next hump of uh, this mountain because they haven't reached the peak. They haven't reached the apex just yet. They're getting closer, and that certainly matters. And uh, Hutchinson, here's something else he said about the team next year. He said, I think we've got a lot of guys on this team coming back who really listened to us. They learned from us. They were with us through the thick and the thin. Hutchinson said, I know Michigan football will be in good hands next year with one of those guys. They're going to step up. I already started talking to a couple of them that I know are going to be leaders next year. Michigan football will be in good hands, and they've learned this whole season what leadership is and how it's supposed to be. I think that's spot on, and Hutchinson will still be part of this program. He's not going away. He's a Michigan guy through and through, and his voice will still be there if it's needed and required. But other people are going to have to carry the torch now because he's not in the locker room. He's on the practice field every day, exuding the energy he has been known to exude. So... It's a new team, it's going to be a new year, and that's what Jim Harbaugh said too, you know, he, he said if this feels like the beginning, and uh, he's probably already at the office, <laughs> or some office, getting ready to uh, get at it and recruiting and uh, everything else and figuring out uh, what the hell went wrong in this one, uh, but Harbaugh, he was energized this year, and uh that should be a trend that should continue. Think about it. It was just the first year of defensive coordinator Mike McDonald, and what a good staff. Harbaugh assembled, period, from running backs coach Mike Hart and all the other guys he brought in. This was really their first year together, and then you combine that, all these guys year two on the Michigan staff with these young guys who are more seasoned now during a year in which uh, Michigan – was supposed to have a rebuilding year. Well, guess what? It wasn't a rebuilding year. A foundation was set, and the high-rise was built quickly, efficiently, and up to code, up to standard. And uh, it's still, it's still you're, you're ascending, you're still building, you're still adding stories to that skyscraper. But they're getting there. And one thing I've liked seeing on Twitter to this point in Facebook is I'm not seeing a high amount of vitriol from the fan base. Uh, I think they realize what a great season this is. Jim Harbaugh said that he thought it's one of the best in all of Michigan football history, but it's certainly historic in the sense that this is the first time Michigan's made the college football playoff. Of course, it hasn't been around all that long, but a heck of a season, a heck of a year, and I'm seeing a lot of fans focus on that. Michigan went to somewhere nobody expected them to be after coming into the season unranked. The first team in college football playoff history to start a year unranked and make the playoff. So that's what Jim Harbaugh was able to accomplish. That's why he got all those incentives. And that's why he is in a position to give those incentives to Michigan staff who were impacted by the pandemic who had to take voluntary and involuntary pay cuts. Um, but... This one's going to sting for a while for the coaches, for the players. So close, so close to seizing their dreams of playing for a national championship, but uh, 
I don't want to go so far as to say their performance was flat, but it was not good enough. It wasn't enough, period. And a lot of that was in the trenches, as I said, but some of it was on the boundaries. They were having success with the deep ball. The fact is, Georgia has a lot of talented players and a lot of players ranked within the top 50 of the rankings or top 150. It seems like half their team is top 150 guys. So um, it wasn't an SEC Big Ten thing. SEC hasn't done that well in bowl games this year even. Um, Georgia just happened to have some stronger dudes today. And uh, hopefully that will be all the motivation Michigan needs moving forward to do something they haven't done with Harbaugh yet, and that's get to a national championship game. But there's going to be plenty more to talk about. There's going to be plenty more to talk about all offseason long. So this is just the start. That's just the start of that. And uh, that's that from Fort Lauderdale. We've had a lot of content here throughout the week. It's been a blast. The weather's been great. Um, But time to go home. For Michigan, time to go home for myself. Once again, this is Trevor Woods from SB Nation's Maize and Brew. You can follow me on Twitter at WoodsFootball. We appreciate all your comments and everything else. And follow us on Twitter at Maize and Brew. And subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes, and wherever else you listen to your podcast. We're probably on there. So, signing off from Florida. Thank you, and take care.